morning, everyone. Good morning. Saturday. Storm. Is it Storm Anthony? Is that the name of the storm that's that's hit us, or Andronogy, or Storm Sea? It's not really a storm. I think I think the meteorological office have got a little little bit ahead of themselves here. I mean, there was a little bit of rain. I mean, maybe maybe we're all going to be surprised. Is it raining where you are? There was a downpour as I went to get the papers, and all the papers went. Uh, morning, everyone. Good morning. Morning, if you're listening on podcast. Obviously, we're going to do the papers. Yes, there are headlines. And right at the end, we'll be, t- we'll be uh, sort of flicking through some photographs, which I will, through the medium of mime, which is useless on podcast, try and illustrate for you. Um, how are we all? Uh, this fair, like, I mean, I must admit, I mean, I'm not a fan of the sun in this country, but as I look yonder over the sort of foothills of Croydon, it's just grey, 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 grey. It's grey. Bex 89, raining and windy in Birmingham. Uh, Cherry D, I'm in eastern Ontario. It's raining here as well. Apologies about Trudeau and his his wife splitting after 18 years. Wow. Power couple come to an end. Um, Morning. Lovely weather here in Cape Town. Sharon Schliebusch. Pouring in the north as always. Pouring in the north, as always. Mime on a podcast challenge accepted. Me too. It'll be the first. It'll be the first. Um, what do we normally do? We normally have a little trot through the front pages. Let's just have a look. Um, wow. You, you really realise how much um, things like COVID really gave journalists, did half the work for journalists, really, didn't, didn't, didn't it? Because there's, there's not a lot out there in terms of big news stories. But let's have a look at the front of some of the papers. Uh, the Daily Mirror runs with the story, Skint, 6.5 million lotto lag, now a decorator. Lee Ryan, 63, says, I'm the happiest I've ever been. Um, it's always curious, these stories, aren't they, of people who win the lottery and then sort of it just vaporises. Um, less the bad result for UK students on the front of the Times, though. I think we are, we're about to hit a bit of a crisis. Universities are, are pretty much almost only going for foreign students, so lots of British students aren't going to get in. But for me, the bit that's most interesting there is at the bottom, Megan, Megan's 42nd birthday and a number of the papers, the right leaning papers, making quite a feature of any photograph or image or anything they can do to suggest she was on her own, not liked, not supported, etc. Uh, I'm going to get to the particularly invidious front page of the Daily Mail in a second. Uh, the front of the Daily Telegraph leads with children of seven to get NHS trans treatment. A little bit kind of, um, what's the word, manipulative with the legalities there. This is about children as young as seven being able to get uh, sort of or be referred to some kind of um, kind of therapeutic help from the NHS. I don't think it's necessarily looking into it. It's not necessarily promoting the idea that if you think you've got a trans issue at seven, you're going to be rushed off in a car and and, and made to tra- transition. Not like that. I just think they're allow- this is about allowing families and children to raise this. I, it's a hot potato, this. It's a hot potato. I mean, there is, there is, there is one... I mean, obviously, trans uh, uh, groups are really pleased with this. Um, but the, there was some language that was used in this that said something along the lines of campaigners are welcoming the move towards an evidence-based approach. Um, but uh, yeah, so here we go. These children will be offered psychological support and therapy focusing on issues that may have led to their feelings about their gender. 
seven, seven, not entirely sure, not entirely sure at what age you, you start doing all of that. Incredibly complicated. Um, where, where, where are my headlines? Uh, front, front cover, that's the Daily Telegraph. And the front of the Daily Mail, this, this is the one that I think the Meghan Markle, you know, certainly the Daily Mail can really go for this in the way that they go for it, can't they? Um, this is uh, obviously happy birthday, Meghan, not from the royals. I mean, how much like a sort of play, school playground bully is that? Let's pop it on the front of our page. No, 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 no. No one came to your birthday and you got no messages from the, from the royal family. I mean, much is being made of the idea that on her 42nd birthday, it says here, not a word of good wishes for Meghan. Uh, from the royals, whereas they had uh, sort of left really, really sort of detailed messages not in the past. I'm just trying to find where's uh, I've got the story there. Sorry, but uh, but yeah, it just just struck me. So look, here we go. Um, messages they sent last year, wishing you a happy birthday and happy birthday to the. It's hardly she's hardly missed out. It's hardly you know their messages were hardly sort of oozing with the milk of human kindness. Um, but of course, the paper's just wanting to sort of suggest, and there's a lot of chatter. I mean, we touched upon it last night and I kind of dropped the ball a bit with that. Um, but there's a lot of this kind of coverage creeping through, isn't it? Uh, that uh, that their relationship is in trouble and all the rest of it. And I, I, I think it's wishful thinking. And I think in a weird, horrible way, what you're seeing as all these headlines keep, keep coming out is a, a, a sort of collective bullying, trying to make it happen putting them under duress, putting them under pressure. And I'm sure part of this will be payback for Harry trying to take the papers to court. So, um, so yeah, so that, that that's it. It's not even about it. It's about the Daily Fail playing to their core base. Absolutely, me too. Um, media coverage of Meghan is now a blood sport, Lucy Heaney. She hasn't given an interview or said anything in public in months. Why the unnecessary, unprovoked hate? Absolutely. And to lead with something about how she has... I mean, it's literally playground bullying. It's just... It's just but let's all be really, 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 really respectful of other people in the media who have been up to all sorts of things, uh, whose mental health we have to look after. It's, it's such a hypocrisy, such a hypocrisy. It drives, drives me nuts. Um, but any coffee, coffee moaningers on Instagram will remember uh, Nadia's rant about uh, uh, sunbeds, towel police and all, all that. It seems to me that obviously all the, all the journalists and all the papers have had a chat with each other because that's everywhere. Sunbed stampede, says the, uh, is that the Daily Mirror? Which one's that? Yeah, yeah, Daily Mirror. Their, their journalist uh, decides to don a Hawaiian, a Hawaiian shirt and go legging it for beds. This is the continued outrage. Uh, look, holiday makers there, photographs them. Look, I mean, it's an absolute bum scrum. I mean, these images, you, you, it's, it, I don't know. You know, we talk about getting the ick. Can you get cultural ick? There's something really culturally icky about seeing people like this, desperate running. And, and I say this as someone who was running towards a pool in Mallorca, not really knowing why, with a towel under my arm at one point and a book. It seems to, be, it seems to me that the only, the only reason hardback books are still published is so that they can be placed on um, sun lounges. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's literally the, it's, no one reads them. You chuck them on your bed in order to preserve your spot. So here we go. Look, here's some photos. Look, there, there they go, heading off like nutters, pool loungers. There's a family at the bottom issuing a chair strike. We've got chair strikes. There are now queues for queues. 
Sun Bedlam. This is this is the the Sun, their reporter. Uh, poolside wars gripping Europe. Chaos spreads to city resorts. You know, I mean, let, let's remind ourselves as the planet is incinerating and extraterrestrials are circling the planet thinking this place is a good spot to settle because they're all going to be dead in a minute. They're watching us lot run around with fucking towels and hardback books screaming, that's my fucking sun lounger. Weird. There she is. There's the sun's reporter. Uh, quite a funny look. Torremolinos. Torremolinos. Oh, it is just Torremolinos. I thought it was a puntastic headline there, but it wasn't. Um, they, they, look, there they are. Look. Uh, run for it. Pool gates open. Family run for it. A winner claims his prize. And then it pisses down with rain anyway. Madness. 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 The race is on for a lounge at a hotel with up to 1,500 guests, but has just one. I suppose one of the things that maybe get more sun loungers. Maybe don't book as many guests. But apparently the police uh, are, are literally, they're monitoring beaches and they're taking your belongings if you've left them there, even, even not on a sun lounger, just on the beach. And if you don't reclaim your belongings after 10 days, they, they incinerate them. I don't think they do incinerate them. I reckon they share them amongst friends. Um, we touched upon it yesterday. Um, I, I, I had a comment from someone yesterday saying, "No, Trump isn't going to win. He's not going to. We're not. I don't think he's going to win the. I don't think he can become president again. But I do think he's going to win the Republicans' uh, candidacy. And as it says in the Guardian, every time he's indicted, his poll numbers go up. And this is true. Uh, there's uh, sort of looky likey Trump." sort of directing the traffic. It's no surprise. Yeah, and, and look, this is a great cartoon here in the in the Times. Yeah, even if he goes to prison, he's probably going to get elected. Um, so I think he might be delusional, Emma Walsh, but he's also probably going to win, which is which is slightly worrying. Now this is this story, this is this is sweet. This is the Edinburgh fringe. Everyone, anyone who everyone who's anyone, comedians, actors, writers, yeah. They've done the Edinburgh Fringe. Everyone's done the Edinburgh. Nadia's been to the Edinburgh Fringe. I think Kay's there this year. Um, I think maybe the Curly Cooks could go there one year. That would be quite fun. Um, but this is the story. This is the story of a young woman, Georgie Greer, who posted how upset she was. Let me get a photo of her. Uh, posted how upset she was. She said, there was one person in my audience today when I performed my one-woman play. Oh. And of course, she then got all this support from Dara O'Brien, Sarah Millican, Jason Manford, sort of basically saying, don't worry. And the next night, she got a, she had a sellout night. Tears turned to cheers as Fringe show goes from audience of one to a full house. Um, she said, I hope for a few messages of support or advice. I had no idea how much it would resonate with people. I like that. I like that. I mean, you know, I think the thing about it's funny, Edinburgh Fringe, I have mixed emotions about Edinburgh Fringe. On the one hand, great stuff comes out of there and it's brilliant. It's cultural. Believe me, God almighty, anything that's culturally rich and all that. But sometimes, I mean, uh, there's also a lot of rubbish as well. But um, I think that's really sweet. And I think it's really nice the way in which she's been supported by um, all these major, major stars. But imagine that. It must be so tough performing to a crowd of one, mustn't it? Uh, I was talking to some actors in the week and they were saying exactly the same. They performed to a crowd of one. That must be so, so, so hard. Uh, and here, here, here's, here's another photograph. 
of a happy ending for the solo show that sold a single ticket. Georgie Griffin. And also, it's another reminder that just because you don't have a crowd doesn't mean you're not good. It's about publicity, isn't it? It's about people knowing. So once again, social media being used to uh, a good end there, I think. A good end. Um, there she is. Oh, Georgie Greer. Bless her. Morning, Ninad. I hope you're well, matey. Um, temperatures of world's oceans reach record high. This is the weekend. Um, a review will be landing on the channel at some point for the Meg 2, the trench. Yeah, I'm afraid so. Um, okay. And, and this story, it kind of seems appropriate. Temperatures of the world's oceans reach record high. And I just wanted to show you just quickly this photo there. There's a fish. That fish is dashing for a sun lounger. Um, you can see it. It's looking like if we don't get there quick, we've, we've lost our chance. This is the actually very serious news that the temperatures of the world's oceans have gone up by point one, I think a hundredth of a percent in centigrade, which is a lot for the ocean. Apparently, sharks are getting angrier. Sharks are getting angrier because, of course, the sea is so hot. Um, and sticking with beaches and sea and all that kind of stuff. Let's go over here. We will fight them for the beaches for our Greek towel patrol. And here's a little kind of look, sort of mission party. I, I wouldn't want to mess with them. Reclaim the beach. This is uh, locals uh, in, on various Greek islands claiming back their beaches because umbrellas and sun loungers and towels and everything are being used. It, you know, it's, it's a bit, it's like, can you imagine absolutely everywhere on your island is being taken up by tourists? And so these are locals in Greece. So there's... There's a lot going on on our beaches this year. A lot going on. And right down to the fact that even in Cornwall, on patrol with the Poles, is it Polseith? 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 Is that how you pronounce it? Polseith Rangers in the war on drugs, vandalism, and underage sex. You can just see Harry at the bottom there on a, on a surfboard. This is the kind of, they say principally private school oiks that kind of head down, party like animals, have sex in caves, take stupid amounts of drugs, and as the locals say on patrol, Jezra and Julian are cracking down on trouble at the shore. You wouldn't want to mess with those two. Notice those two and that Range Rover. Hell hath no fury like a cross Cornishman, if you're messing with his beach. Parents don't give a shit about broken bottles and criminal damage, but when we mention their kids having sex, all of a sudden they're interested. Ah, you see. This is like crackdown on party beach. Those are the caves in which naughty teenagers are getting up to all sorts of stuff. Everyone's gone crazy after COVID, says Tori. You're absolutely right. Uh, stay in a villa, six sunbeds to choose from, Susan Cooper. I think, yeah. Or take, I tell you what there's a market for. There must be a market for the portable sun lounger. Nads? Yeah? Portable sun lounger. It has to be marketable. Something you can pack, flat pack, that bounces up. Into your own sunlight. I suppose it's a lilo, isn't it? That'd be it. I thought I had a radical idea there. It's not. Right. Who's forgotten about COVID? Who's forgotten about the fact that you can even get COVID? You're not going to believe it. Guess who's responsible for a potential spike in COVID cases? You've guessed it. Barbie. Pink Demic. Fans crowding cinemas to see Barbie are causing a spike in COVID. New warning by boffins as the Eris variant sweeps oh, Britain. I must admit, I was in the cinema the other day and I was thinking, oh, God, why is that person sneezing a lot? But isn't it funny? Isn't it funny? We just, come on. 
everyone, oh, everyone's out there, everyone's having a bit of fun, and now, now they're blaming the hit Barbie movie has been blamed for sparking a new COVID pink demic. Experts are speculating that the Barbenheimer uh, effect is a factor in uh, in this new spike. How do they know it's not Oppenheimer? Exactly. Why are they blaming Barbie? Maybe because you're laughing more in Barbie, MeTube, and therefore more sort of globules are flying around the, the cinema, I think. The heat wave sign, but it's heat, heat, heat everywhere. This is Bear Grylls. Who's a member of the Boy Scout? Who was a member of the Boy Scouts or the Girl Guides? I never did that. I never did that stuff. And I can't work out if I really wanted to or whether I, you know, it was just one of those sort of weird things where I thought, oh. My nan used to live near Brownsea Island, and that used to be, wasn't that where the Boy Scouts kind of started? Well, this is the story in um, South Korea, the World Scout Jamboree, where it's become so hot and so intolerable, they've had to evacuate all sorts of people. Around 600 participants have had heat-related illnesses, but uh, Bear Grylls is basically sort of shouting, come on, toughen up, toughen up, it's super hot, but we can get through this. But um, yeah, look, four four and a half thousand British Boy Scouts. Um, oh no, yeah, four four and a half thousand Brits, including Chief Scout Bear Grylls, are at the event in South Korea. But they're all struggling with heat stroke, dehydration, fainting, and mozzies. Brownie and guide were you, Steph Schultz? Steph Schultz, Vanessa Wild, you were a brownie and a guide. We went camping on Brownsea Islands. Yeah, Brownsea Islands in the middle of uh, the Pool Harbour. Yeah, but this is this is quite serious. I mean, I think they're all they're all really struggling out there. Uh, heat forces forty thousand UK scouts from camp. Wow, terrible. That is a that is an Asian hornet, which we're going to come back to. Uh, this this thing here, look at that. You probably can't see that thing at the top. Watch out for blue swimming costumes. That child just dips his head under the water and suddenly disappears. Don't put your child in a blue swimming costume. So that it's like they become invisible. Puts your child at risk. And look at that wonderful photograph there of uh, sunflowers. Oh, that's about as sunny as it's going to get in this country, isn't it? Um, now, who's a Strictly... Is it Strictly Come Dancing? Is that what it's called? Is it Strictly Ballroom? No, it? I can never get the title right. What's it called? Strictly Come Dancing, is it? Let me just have a look. Uh, yeah, Strictly Come Dancing. Oh no, Anna Charolumbus. I, I, I find it all a bit eggy myself. Um, this is, uh, I may be 78, but I'll give it a tango. Who remembers, Strictly Come Dancing, thank you. Lovely Angela Rippon. She's the first of three stars named for Strictly. 78, do you remember her in the um, Morecambe and Wise sketch as she walked down the steps with those fabulous legs? And I seem to remember, I think Angela Rippon is capable of doing that thing where she gets off the floor not using her hands and it proves that she could live to 186 or something. Me and Nadia tried it, which meant we died when we were 30. I think. I think that was what she did. Um, love Strictly if someone funny's on, Steph Schultz. Love Anton. If I'm honest, I would watch An I'd watch it for Anton. Strictly Ballroom. That's right. It was a Baz Luhrmann film, wasn't it? Yeah, I'm pleased for Angela Rippon. This is good. You know, is she the oldest contestant? She is. She's the oldest contestant ever. Wow. She's the first of three stars. Um, who else has been been announced? Uh, Amanda Abington uh, and Leighton, Leighton Williams. 
uh, have also been announced. Uh, was Amanda Abington? Is she Amanda Abington? Is she the one from Sherlock? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Strictly, but yeah, look, look, look. I get it. I get it. Nanny Di loves it. I, I just, I sweat copiously from my right armpit with embarrassment. I just find it really tough. Um, Eddie Izzard is going to become an MP. We mentioned this yesterday. Uh, they are. Sorry, I, I shouldn't. Did I say he? I didn't mean to miss miss noun him. Is it a miss when you get someone's noun uh, pronoun wrong? Do you miss? Is it a mispronounced? Do you get it? Mispronounced. Comic Eddie Izzard has launched a bid to become an MP at the next election. I believe they failed, didn't they, the last time they did this? They're, they're going to run in Brighton um, to try and take the seat away from uh, the Green campaign. So there, there's there's Eddie. I remember I remember booking Eddie for one, one of their first live stand-up gigs when I was at college, and I have never laughed harder. Back in their heyday, no one was funnier than Eddie Izzard. I'm telling you that straight. Any keen campers here, Labour are backing the right to wild camp in all national parks. Oh, yeah. I, I think this is good. I mean, the downside, presumably, is it's going to be tourists, litter and everything everywhere. That's the worry. But they're essentially loosening the laws so that you can camp in the national parks oh. of England. You don't have to go to oh, campsites. You can actually set up tent wherever you want to. Oh. I think that's good. I think you can do it in Scotland. I think it's a good thing. Um, oh look, what's that? Anne Marie Lucker. Uh, you used the word. The you you all right? Uh, sorry, Nat. Oh, I thought you were talking. Sorry, I thought you were talking to me. Sorry. Yeah. Um, you used the word "eggy." My use of that word is a word to describe something that's special, feels nice, warm feeling. It's been in my family for decades. Really, eggy. Who? I think this is great. I think this is a great idea. Being able to camp in our national parks is a great idea for ramblers and campers alike. And I think we should do it. I think we should rock up and hit pitch a tent. Uh, didn't the Tories just tighten the laws to prevent camping like that? Good if Labour reverses it. Absolutely. Uh, look at this. You might love an otter. You might love an otter. But this female rafter, listen to this. In Montana, Montana is the most beautiful place in the world. Well, not the, but a. A woman has had to be flown to hospital after she was attacked by otters while river rafting with two friends. The three tourists were floating down the Jefferson River. One woman suffered injuries to her face and arms that were so serious she had to be flown by helicopter. The other two sustained injuries to their arms as they tried to fight off the animal. They may be sweet otters. They might, might have rubbery little fingers. Rubbery little fingers. But bloody hell, when, a, when an otter turns. Is it the ring of bright water, was it? Where he, his finger was, their teeth. I mean, they've got to eat fish. They've got to go through fish bones. Oh, oh. Um, now, I'm going to be brutally honest, even though Nadia's in the room. I've got a big soft spot for Gizzy Erskine, um, the chef. Uh, let me just... This here, if I, uh, that's the wrong story. There, naked dinner party left me mortified, and not because this is Gizzy Erskine, the uh, food writer, and I, I don't know if she calls herself a chef, but she's a she's a cook. She's a fabulous cook. Um, she's quite a saucy customer. Sometimes she's written a lot about body image and what have you, and she talks about going to a nude dinner. It's a sort of event called feud. It's called the food, as in nude feud experience. Could you eat, could you go to a dinner party 
and eat food around other people in the bus. It was only women. It was only women. And it was, it was, it's designed about, it, the, the rationale behind it was to celebrate diversity and physicality, to feel comfortable, to not feel judged. And also, I think there's something quite clever around the idea of doing it around food, because I think food is a huge trigger. Lit for me, certainly, as soon as I put food in my mouth, I go into a dysmorphic relationship with myself. So I, I think there's something quite potentially liberating about this. It's quite funny where she ends up with on her assessment of, of the evening. Um, but uh, but how could you do that? Could you, could you, I wouldn't be able to pick up my knife and force Steph Shorts. She jokingly says something about... It, it's quite tricky uh, when your boobs are very close to dipping into your soup, um, which I thought was quite funny. Um, but yeah, she talks about, so it's hosted by US artist, foodie and plus-sized model Charlie and Max. The events are women only and they take place around the world. Um, and again, I suppose it's about normalising, you know, body image, body positivity, etc. She talks about pubes on the seat, Lauren. Because I think you, I think you keep your seat. I mean, I, I presu presumably there'll be an etiquette where you all agree to have a, a shower and a wash beforehand or what have you. I don't know. I, I sometimes don't, don't. I don't know whether do we over-sexualise? Certainly, I do. Do we over-sexualise the body because we conceal it so much? I suppose one of the arguments behind nat naturism and nudity is that the more it's around, the less it just becomes a focus of sex and can just be something to be marveled at and enjoyed plastic chairs meet you i mean if you saw home time last night my back was making those back farts imagine the sound you'd make if you just moved your buttocks quickly you know as you as you as you as you're doing this with your soup don't oh ninad you said the you said the terrible words skid marks sweaty bums on vinyl chairs and if they're not vinyl chairs Anyway, she her, she ends up, her assessment is that actually she wanted a bit more of a dopamine hit because she, she didn't realise halfway through the meal that it was actually uh, meat-free. <laughs> and um, she, she, she says at the end, this dopamine addict would prefer to be naked while drinking from Bacchus's cup or taking psychedelics and grooving into a night of opulent hedonism rather than tucking into carrot puree. <laughs> Wasn't saucy enough. For Gizzy. Um, this here is Gen Z, Gen Z men, established brands and celebrities reaping the rewards of a shift in grooming standards. It's funny this, isn't it? The balancing act. Nadia often says that a man who grooms too much is really unattractive, but then I guess it's got to be a balance, right? She doesn't like an unshaven man. So here we have, this is a story about what men are spending their cash on when it comes to looking nice. Amfran, do you spend on body and grooming? Let's have a look at this. Male spending year-on-year -year increase. Nail care purchases. Wow, 103%. That's cooking you can hear in the background. Overall beauty spending up 77%. Facial serums, 50 Fake tan, really? And skincare. Nail purchases. I just chew my nails. I just chew my nails. Oh, does anyone here, do, do any of the men here, or do you know any men who use sort of, I don't know, grooming, grooming tools. Oh, men's changing rooms, oh. Harry Styles is obviously in there. Idris Elba does the same, moisture. I always wanna use, every time I've used moisturizer, within minutes, my eyes are raw, I'm, I'm hot, 
I feel like I'm caked inside something and it's just unbearable. And I just feel slippy slidey and I immediately want to go and have a bath. It's horrible. Absolutely horrible. Um, thousands of bees missing as late night thief strikes. Um, apparently in Wales, 14 beehives are stolen. Wow. Imagine stealing beehives. I reckon it was a bunch of Asian hornets coming in. Uh, yeah, this is in Wales. Police said criminal who raided the hives must have had a knowledge of beekeeping. No shit. The giveaway is going to be there's going to be some man or woman somewhere with huge bee stings all over their head. That's how we're going to know about know whether they were the actual uh, culprits. This is fun. Watch out for the giant balls and booby traps. Talking of boobs that land in your soup. I have to say right now that one of the funniest things... Is that sound all right, guys? It's quite, it's quite hissy, Nad. Nad? Yeah. It's quite, it's quite, hiss, it's quite hissy. Um, uh, no, that stinks of a stag do, says Anne Frank. Um, watch out for the giant balls and booby traps. The funniest thing I saw on Instagram for quite a while was Kay when she uploaded her three minutes of her doing Total Wipeout. Oh, my God. Her persistence and the way in which she kept getting punched in the face and knocked off things was amazing. Well, this is watch out for the giant balls. They're going to do total wipeout naked. Oh, God. Now, oh, God. I'm not suggesting well, for a minute. I, I tell you what, I want to see a re anything they ask me to do that, what's the answer going to be? No. Well, no, but Kay needs to re... She, she needs to redo her route. I'm not suggesting I want to see Kay naked necessarily. But I think she should do it naked. Would you imagine bouncing off one of those? I mean, I, I, I'm sorry. I, I'm immediately thinking of the high-definition slow-mo. Is anyone else? Adventure Game Show Total Wipeout is getting a re reboot, this time with naked contestants. Total Wipeout was one of the unsung heroes of British telly. I have to say it's a bit of a guilty pleasure. Producers are keen to tap into it again. So what do you do in this day and age? of naked attraction. You get everyone to strip off. Let's get Gizzy Erskine in there. Put a bit of red meat at the end. Hey, winning. Um, what have we got here? Look who's talking. Oh yeah, no, this is the, uh, that, sorry, that's the Megan story. Freeze an onion. Cost of living crisis. We waste so much food. I, there's a part of the story that I couldn't even comprehend. This is the idea that if you put leftover snacks in an icebox, put them in the freezer. They can, you can prolong their existence. You can eat them at a later date and our waste is reduced. As, as it says here, broke Brits are being urged to freeze crisps, cookies and other treats like biscuits uh, to beat the squeeze. What I don't understand about this is, whoever leaves a bag of crisps with a few crisps at the bottom? I don't. If I see a bag of crisps that's got like two or three at the bottom, I'll go straight in and do that thing. Does anyone else like the forefinger in the corner of the crisp packet moment? It still delivers me that sort of toddler joy, the excitement of salt. Anyone else like that? The experiences of when I was a kid, we used to go to a play center and you'd get two packets of KP crisps. And back in the day when I was about eight, I loved a packet of prawn cocktail and they were bright pink KP and you would buy the packet, you'd open them because if you did this unopened they'd go over and you'd crush them you'd get the second packet you'd crush them and then you pour one into the other one and then you'd sit there and you'd drink the crisps did you used to, I used to love that I used to love it 
just drink. There was something about the crushed. I'm amazed they haven't decided to sell. Ty, you loathe crisps. How can you be? How can you even watch this channel? You loathe crisps. Anyway, I don't understand. I think what they need to create, I think there's a new brand of crisps needs to be launched called pre-crushed and smashed. Get more in your packet, don't you? And actually, when you crush it all up, you realize how little there is in one. Um, I, I don't know why I pulled this. I don't know why. I've got nothing against Mylene at all, but I get so annoyed about photos of her constantly in swimsuits everywhere, if I'm honest. Um, but anyway, her, Mylene's physique is due to skipping. That's the secret to her bod. Everyone bangs on about skipping. I can't skip for toffee. God, in fact, I feel like I'm going back to play center. I used to eat KP crisps and then all the girls would skip. And do you remember there was, there was that skipping, which I could never do. I just couldn't coordinate myself. But then there was, do you remember the big skip? You get the big skipping rope at school and it would gain momentum and it would go round like that and you'd have to run in and then you would have to jump. And you, again, it was like those girls that used to do balls up against the wall. And I don't mean Nadia there. Do you know what I mean? They'd be like, they'd be, they'd be chanting mystical words. They'd be, the same thing with the kind of, and I remember as a child, I'd be mesmerized by the, the sort of hypnotism of the huge rope and the, the girls that were holding it. Suddenly they went from small girls to, they could control this rope of doom and it would go round and they'd be chanting stuff. And you'd someone would nudge you and you'd run forward and you'd jump and you wouldn't yeah, you'd be like, what am I doing? I don't know why I'm doing it. It's so frightening. Anyway, Mylene Class, the reason she looks like she looks is because she's a, a skipper. Now, I've got an amazing image. They, they, they caught an image of, I think Mick Jagger's 80th birthday uh, went almost too well, I think, for Mick Jagger. He, there he is, flying. Um, oh, sorry. No, it's not. It's not Mick Jagger. It's Kate Orchard, a 101-year-old RAF veteran, takes to the air at the Cornish Playhouse in Truro, setting what is believed to be a record as the oldest person in the UK to complete a wired stage fly, I guess. <laughs> sorry, I, I couldn't, couldn't miss the gag. <laughs> maybe, she's singing a, maybe she's singing a Rolling Stones number. She looks pretty damn comfortable up there, doesn't she? I thought she was a marionette. <laughs> Look at 101 out of this world. And so for all of you who are now listening on podcasts, we're going to show you some images. Um, that must hurt. This is a chap who's doing a karate chop through a what looked like a pile of sort of bricks that are on fire. Um, let me, I can tell you exactly where that is because I've got the, uh, got the images here. That's in Bangalore, India. It's quite something, Thanks, isn't it? Um, and that image below is, uh, Heaven's Love, Aspiring to Heaven's Love by ya Yayoi Kusama, a polka dot art. Look at that guy at the top there. Wow. Passing out parade for the army service corps. Don't want to mess with that. So lots of lots of balloons and bubbles. Uh, we've then got uh, Donald Trump impersonator gesturing near a protest. I think it's the same chap that we saw earlier. And uh, just beneath him, we have a fabulous little blue penguin, which is native to New Zealand. That's the world's smallest penguin species, isn't it? Sweet. Look at that. And then here we have look at that. <laughs> isn't that sweet? Isn't that sweet? A Frankfurt, Germany straw bales painted with faces. In Germany's rural areas, it's quite common to announce forthcoming weddings this, this way. Is that true, Ninad? And that photograph at the bottom 
I just thought was fantastic. That dog is clearly competing to play in goal in the uh, World Cup finals. And there you have it, a flying dog. And if I didn't do a good job of miming those photographs, head over to YouTube and you can watch them if you're listening on podcast. So there you go, guys. We would now normally be heading off to the Curly Cooks, but we're not. But you will see them tomorrow. You will see them tomorrow in situ, cooking up a storm. Um, hope you have a lovely, lovely Saturday and be careful in the storm. I was making light of it earlier, but I'm sure it's going to hit the west of the country really hard. So be careful out.